Welcome to From the Field to the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Kisam Ramirez. Joining me now, assistant sports editor, Paul Livingood. Saturday night, Texas State against Southern Miss, a big swing game in the making. A lot of things happen. Before we get into our hard-hitting analysis and hard-hitting jokes, as usual, uh, we, I want to talk about the fan experience and the fan show out. 27,252 reported for Texas State. That's the third highest ever behind uh, Texas Tech and Navy. Third highest ever since Division One, And the whiteout happened. And I don't know. I don't, it, wasn't, it was kind of successful. I mean, there was still some room I would there. Say so. I think they missed the ball and dropped the beat in the fact that they didn't give out free whiteout jerseys at the, at the gates. Yeah, Joe mentioned that. He was like, why did you not give out free white shirts? Like, I just assumed that'd be a thing. You should like. I feel like if you're gonna do a whiteout game like that, you should have like a T-shirt that you put on every seat in the in the stadium so yeah. that everyone's wearing it, and then the whole stadium's white and it looks so cool. Yeah, and twenty-seven thousand is a good show out, but they showed out for a game that was exciting, back and forth, just track meet like we expected, but it was a track meet even more. Uh, Fifty-six to fifty loss for Texas State, though their second of the season heading into Houston. Let's just hit it right at the top. The first, the first, the first quarter, Southern Miss put up a touchdown in the first four minutes, and then Texas State gave them a little resistance. A little bit, yeah. I mean, they they got a field goal uh, on their next drive. The f- the first quarter, I, I was a little bit nervous because it, uh, Southern Miss really drove the ball, um, but the second quarter they really came back. They outscored them twenty-two to seven in the second quarter, and I don't remember who uh, they had it on the long pass to Mercer. I want to say. Yeah, the 36-yarder. So uh, this, the second quarter was a tale of, tale of two quarters, um, really brought back uh, Texas State, and so they were up 25-21 at halftime. And so at that point, I figured that it was more in, in a comfortable state. Like, okay, Texas State's competing. They might win this game. I was kind of shocked that they dug themselves out of that hole, though. It was 21-3 to at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Southern Miss had scored a touchdown on its first three possessions, and then Tyler Jones – his first of many, many runs, 35-yard run in a zone read, wasn't really touched. It was kind of amazing how often he broke loose for runs on this. When you're, like three I, or four. When you're looking at it, and I'm Southern Miss is like, yo, Tyler Jones is a running quarterback too. I mean, I get that he's the very, he's very deceptive with his with his zone read options, and he can fake a lot of things. He's very, he's uh, he's just talented in that regard, and I think it was tough. But the response from Texas State, as you said, he led a, a touchdown drive to Lawrence White. Lawrence White, president, 2020, uh, his go. first of the season. DeMond Mercer's uh, 32-yard touchdown at the end of the half gave him the lead. It, there was a lot of offense in this game. To, for In total, 1,204 yards from both teams, 613 for Southern Miss, 591 for Texas State. As you said in the recap, though, 50 points and they lost. That hasn't happened since. Since 2012 when they played Law Tech. And I think they they scored 117 in that game. I think it was it was 62 to 55 in a loss. So it it really hurts to have to score 50 points and then lose the game. Like that just goes to the defense needs to step it up. We'll talk about that later though. So I mean, but at what point do you like the defense need like? Come on, help me out here. I don't know what to say about the defense right now. I it, it's I don't know. I think. What, where the game got away from us, not us. I don't play on the team. I cover the team <laughs> from them, from Texas State. Texas State. In, in all intents and purposes, arguably could have been in the third quarter on the first possession for Georgia, um, not Georgia Southern, Southern Mississippi. They had a fumble that looked like it would have been a fumble. Recovered by Texas State would have been a touchdown. Easily. 
easily. Yeah, it, it was good on the field, but the problem was, and it's I hate this rule too in football. The inadvertent whistle stopped the play and made it dead. Yeah, I so think of a mistake by an official. Happens, it shouldn't it have sh- an effect on the game. It shouldn't have an effect. Like, they could go, you know what? It's all right. Let's The play happened. Like, the whistle wasn't legit. But that swung them because Fran. Fran was irate. He was so mad. He was. He got on the refs. He was all up in their ear. He gets a 15-yard unsportsmanlike uh, penalty that puts the Golden Eagles in scoring range. And they go on to, uh, to score a touchdown on that drive. So a huge 14-point swing. We were, uh, us, again, not we, Texas State, was winning. We 20- just pay tuition, but we're not, we don't play for the football team. <laughs> Texas State was uh, ahead 25-21. And now Southern Miss has the lead 28-25. Big, huge 15-point uh, swing, or 14-point swing, excuse me. And from that point, they outscored the Bobcats 28 to three before they even see the uh, the end zone again. So that I think that one play was the biggest turning point in the like in the entire game. The normally calm, cool, collected Fran was not calm, cool, and collected. Not in the press conference. Drew that 15 yard penalty, yeah. and not even in the press conference. He wasn't. He wasn't. That you, was a you very could tell tense he was a little irritated. environment. I mean, how, why would you just lost 50, 50 to 56? Like, why why would you be happy go lucky about that? But, I mean, he – you could tell there was a little extra burn in, in this loss just because of the fact that, again, an inadvertent whistle, something that you can't control, that's it's on the ref's hands. He even said in, in the, uh, the post-game press conference that inadvertent whistles should never happen. And even officials say that. That's he, Word for word, that's what he said. So it's just unfortunate for Texas State that that happened. It swung the momentum of the game, and they could never come back from it. Memo to the officials out there, if you're listening, keep the whistle in your mouth. In general, I think officials should let the guys play, so to speak. I mean, you shouldn't let it get rowdy. But plays like that that just that do that and that just kill the momentum for one team and help the other team in the wrong way because Southern Miss did not deserve that extra possession there. Definitely not. I, I don't understand why football lets this happen time and time again. This is the NFL. This is college football. They let these human error, and I get it. Referees, there's human error in every sport, but why do they? Why don't can't they just look at the tape and like see that it's a legit fumble? Go back to like a, yeah. a replay or something. Yeah, like acknowledge that there was a that there was an, a whistle, but also acknowledge that the play was still good regardless. I don't understand why that's not a rule but then yet. At that point, what what do you do if you review it and then you you're like, okay, yes, there was an inadvertent whistle. What what do you rule the play? Because I mean, you it's, can't you can't give them a touchdown. They it, didn't they didn't go get a touchdown. Do they you give, but do the, you give them the ball? It back? is tricky though too because I guess maybe Southern Miss players stop playing because of the inverted whistle. It goes both ways. I guess. Yeah, what, so, I so guess I mean, that. that's my point. Is like if it, do you give Texas State the ball from where they recovered it or like how what, how would you go about reviewing that? But it there's no doubt about it that that changed the game. It's tricky all the way around. Um, and as they face that huge deficit, the man in the middle, the center of attention, almost gave this. It was kind of amazing. Hashtag number two. Yeah, he, he the goat, the goat, the greatest of At all time, Tyler Jones. He he was incredible, and he even for a second time facing a deficit more than 15 points, 18 points, nearly willed this team back. Yeah, uh, coming into the season, I uh, well, it, this it's not really his fault, but I, I but in the coming into the season, I mentioned one of the things I wanted to see out of Tyler Jones was mustering up that that last minute comeback that he's had something like South Alabama where they he, on the last play they couldn't score something like that. This game's a little bit different in the sense that is 
kind of a little bit too much, I, I feel like. But still, they they came up short. And even though he Tyler Jones had a great game, he had 470 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns. Career highs at all-purpose yards. So, I mean, he had three passing and two on the ground, 100, 160 yards on the ground, 8.9 yards per rush, had a 66-yard touchdown run where he, like, carried a dude for, like, 10 yards before he scored. And, I mean, Tyler Jones was the GOAT. That, I mean, that's what we have on the on the script. That's what he was. He was the best. In my opinion, Tyler Jones – oh, no, I can't say that. I was going to say Tyler Jones is the best player on the field in this game, but – He's one of two. The other guy – The other have. guy – the There was a guy. lot of guys, actually. In, in When you get to 1,200 yards in a game, there's a lot of players that you can talk about True. offensively. yeah. I was going to say that he was the best player. You could debate it, honestly, just in terms of production. And he, But, I mean, Tyler Jones was on the losing team, so – how could it be the best player on the field on the losing team? The guy that Fran calls Cool Hand Luke was Cool Hand Luke once again. Um, he had 310 passing yards, 160 rushing yards. His 54-yard run that put the team back with seven minutes. 13 seconds after the last touchdown, it was a Lumi Kaba onside kick that set that up, yep. which is underrated play actually in the grand scheme of things because if that onside kick doesn't isn't successful that he convert, uh, recovered, Texas State may have not gotten to that point, but when they're down seven with about eight minutes to go, it it, it looked it looked like there was there was some hope. There's a glimmer of hope. And like we, you had the you had the analyzing the the win the loss written and we're like okay we're gonna get this loss we're gonna write we're gonna beat deadline we're gonna move <laughs> and then on. And we're like wait timeout maybe I might have to delete all of this and start over. And as a journalist, if you don't feel it, it's it's hashtag journalism problems when you're when you're writing a story you're working on it you're like okay I feel comfortable and then the game completely like shifts into something else that's just yeah. a sports writer thing. They were up by 21 with only 13 minutes to go. And I tweeted it. I was I was gonna about to tweet like damn I'm an idiot but yeah and they, so I mean with a snap of a finger Tyler Jones brings it back set, uh, seven points down with seven minutes to go and you're like okay Texas State can make this interesting and come back but on the ensuing drive. Look what happens. The man of the the man of the hour. I would I would think so. Yeah, Jalen Richard, the backup running back for Southern Miss, runs for 230 yards on 27 carries and four touchdowns. Four of them. Count them. One, two, three, four. He had a 53 yarder and a 64 yarder, which is the 64 yarder was the the one that answered Tyler Jones's last touchdown drive and essentially <laughs> essentially ended the game. A play where I feel like the defense almost gave up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, they, please they, don't hurt us, ran, Richard. Don't do this right, anymore. He ran right by a dude. Like, I don't know if he didn't see him, or but he like I'm literally two feet away from him. He just ran right by. Maybe he touched a cheat code. Maybe he was just I like don't know. he went he, into the Madden it. speaker, and they're like, "Well, yeah, I can't touch who knows, him." Man, I mean, th- this this kid was unbelievable. I had it right here. Going into the game today, he only had 93 rushing yards, and now he has 322. He's the leading rusher on the team now because of this one game. Ito Smith only had 40 yards, and he had like 200 going in the game. So I think there was a little bit of un- unsung hero aspect in this sense. He, it was his first career 100-yard game, and he got 233 he in the game. Too? They were saying he's, he's a senior. He's how, very sk- – I, I don't know. Maybe they saw some tape and like, this is Jalen Richard's game. We got them. They're I not going like to anticipate this. I feel like what happened was, this. honestly, was – they were giving Rashard just like little, like a couple plays, like in the second or third quarter, where they're like, okay, just to give Ito Smith a rest. And then he pops off runs. And they're like, ooh, let's keep riding, let's ride the hot legs. And lo and behold, the game's over and he has 230 yards. This is part of a larger problem. We'll just talk about it now. 
the defense is is and hasn't been and pretty much for three games has been exposed in different ways. Florida State obviously exposed in the talent level. Prairie View A&M exposed at the passing. Yes. This one was a coalition of both against a team similar to their talent level, which is the most concerning, really, of the three. I would think so. And, oh, man, they just allowed so many big plays. And not just that, just yards across the board. Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, I think it was 613 total yards. And, and it wasn't just Richard. <laughs> It, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, Nick Mullins had 333 passing yards and four touchdowns himself. I mean, they had they had big plays in the air. I think they had uh, two touchdowns to Casey Martin. He had 114 yards. VJ Thompson had 75. Ido Smith had. This is just receiving. 49, 49. Like 20, he spread the wealth. And you look at the longs: 50, 27, 27 34, 30. Exactly. 30. Like these are significant gains in the secondary and it comes in a, a at an area that you felt like was a strength going before the I year. I felt like yeah cuz I mean you 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 look and you have David Mims preseason preseason some uh, defensive player of the year and then you uh, Brandon McDowell has at least He said that he could have started over Craig Mayer last year and Craig Mayer was drafted. I mean that I know that's he's supposed to be that's confident. That's a bit ambitious but but he still believes that he, and he's, he's not confident. So I mean it, there's a, it's a secondary that's Demani Alexi is supposed to be a little bit better, and Easy Anyama has like the talent and the he ability. Has the physical to do ability. It. Yeah, they, I don't. They're just I don't understand it. I felt I felt like the the secondary should should be the best, if not the best unit, at least the second best unit. Like, I think it should be best straight up. So I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on with them right now. They uh, talking to Fran in the press conference. He said just back the drawing board. They got to figure out something new to try to get stops somehow. They don't have any interceptions so far this season. They do have seven uh, fumble recoveries, which is kind of odd. But I mean, that's that's just that's due to the big boys up front forcing fumbles. So I mean, you have to be opportunistic and and get you get yourselves off the field. And I think where they where their biggest improvement should come is just getting off the field on downs. I wrote it in my recap. They they need to stop them on three downs. It has to happen. It, it, it's part of a larger problem, like we said. In the last 17 minutes alone, they had three touchdowns over 50 yards. You had Rashard's 53-yarder. You had Casey Martin's 50-yard reception. And then, the and, and then you had the 64-yarder. That's all in a span of 17 minutes. And Fran even said post game, we were just running into blocks. We weren't finding our gaps. And I think it's even more than that, honestly. I don't – I can't pinpoint – I'm not this football guru, but I can pinpoint – I can see a bad defense when I see one. I bet you John Thompson saw it. Yeah, and I don't – the, as you said in your recap, the bend don't break. They were no bend. They were broke. They, they were broken. Broke at the very beginning. Broke yeah. at the end. They were just broke the entire way. And I know Fran didn't like really talk about it too much, but it deserves. Uh, this is a big point of part of the game. If you're broke against Southern Mississippi, what's us to expect that they're not going to be broke against uh, Lafayette and Houston. Arkansas State and Georgia? Yeah, all the better teams in the conference. I mean, it, it's gonna especially on the road. Unless this is at home, they're giving up 56 to Southern Mississippi. Until they figure this out, it doesn't matter how good Tyler Jones is. It really doesn't. That's that's how important this is. Um, but in the context of a 12-game season, one and two going into your last non-conference game, what's the impact of this loss? I feel like this this game when I looked at it uh, preseason in the schedule, I chalked this one up as a win. I did uh, too. I mean, losing this game, you you've either you've you have to beat Houston, or if, but if you lose to Houston, you're in trouble because then you're gonna have you're gonna have to have a 
a damn near perfect yeah. conference you really have schedule. to win seven in the next eight really exactly so i mean that's gonna take beating georgia southern beating arkansas state for the second year in a row on the road <laughs> on the road exactly and then beating ull which they haven't done in i don't even know how many years ull's had texas state's number for so long i mean they throttled them last year on espn so it, it's troublesome for sure it Texas State's going to have to figure something out, and they got to figure it out soon. It's just disappointing when you watch this team, and you're like, they're right on the precipice of a bowl game, and you feel like the way I thought of this season, if you sweep your six games, and that seems crazy, but you look at their six home games, Prairie View, Southern Miss, New Mexico State, Georgia State, Idaho. Um, I don't remember the sixth team, but that's a, that's a slate that you should ULM, win. ULM, I think, is one? ULM, I think, is the sixth one. Those are all teams that are – for all intents and purposes, worse than Texas State if on paper. Yeah, so if you win those six, you win two on the road, your season, like, it seems pretty clean. You get a bowl game. This loss, to me, is huge. Where's it's, the leave no doubt at? It's, where's that, where's that they, whole? They left a lot of doubt on that field, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, uh, I, it's, I'm at a loss for words right now. Uh, I, this, this team has got me speechless, honestly. I just don't see nine games into the season. Nine games, still, there's still some time to write the ship. But there hasn't been a single root, uh, very, very few positives that you could take from the defense. The offense have shown signs that they're there oh, and they're, they're connecting. They're good. Many signs. But the defense, I don't. two straight games where they've shown out. Where can the defense hang their hat on? Defensive line? Not really. No. Linebackers, inconsistent all over the place. Secondary, uh, right now probably Missed playing the tackles. worst of the three. Oh, my gosh. In the first quarter, they had, like, two touchdowns when they, like, five Bobcats touched them. It's it's ridiculous. Like the the touch like, the touchdown to DJ Thompson, like three dudes touched him before he at even got At one point I think zone. they had more missed tackles than points. I really uh, think they did. In the first quarter. In the first quarter, quarter, yeah, the first quarter. To, yeah, because they only scored three. What that's that's a crazy stat. I, I wish <laughs> to have I, more missed tackles I, than points. I would like them to count missed tackles as like a stat, official stat because I'm willing to bet it's at least fifteen from this game. Oh, more than that. Yeah, and I think that's being kind. I don't know. I don't really. I, I, I think don't, it's I don't, funny that you said that uh, 15 missed tackles because you, you uh, in the preview, you <laughs> asked how many ta- how many tackles. Uh, you said your bold prediction was someone's gonna get 15 to 20 tackles. The the high the person had nine. I forget who it is. I think it's. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm, let's see. Well, see. you know, as the professional that I am. I meant 15 missed tackles. You didn't hear me whisper it before I said that. True. Like, I was like, 15 missed tackles, missed tackles, missed tackles, missed tackles. I was, tackles, like, that's tackles. I was totally right, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't not, know. You're like three games in, 12-game season. You're like one, one quarter of the way, or essentially almost a quarter of the way through the season. I don't like where this team is headed, but – I'm not ready also at the same time we've kind of grilled them for the last five minutes. I'm also not ready to say, oh, it's over. It's not over by any stretch at all. It's a long it's season. It's the third game of the season. Yeah, it's not over. But there's just a lot of warning signs that I, I feel like need to be addressed. Lots of red flags that I think need to be talked about and fixed. And we'll see if that happens in the, in the, in the last, especially against a non-conference game against Houston who they won. As we wrap up the show, though, any final thoughts about what happened or what will happen? <sighs> I'm... Slowly and slowly getting on the Texas State's not going to make bowl eligibility this year. The more the more that they play, the, the less confident I become in them. I'm just less optimistic than I – I mean, I was more pessimistic than you regardless. I said they were going to win nine games this year before the season started. 
That was my that my high was nine and three, and my low was seven. seven and five. And right now, like, I don't even know if they'll win six games. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. I think six is safe, but we'll, we'll see. Go, well, look who's left. You have you have five home wins, I still feel say, like. Okay, so realistically, do you think they'll beat Houston? No. Okay, so that's a loss. Georgia Southern? No. Arkansas State? No. ULL? No. That's four losses right there. They already have that's six losses they on the season. They win the rest. I think they go. I think six and six. Six and six, five. but that's not, they're, they're not making a no, 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 six no, and six. Not. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm excited. I'm interested to see how this team responds. They did this last year. When I whenever I thought they were done, they proved me wrong. So maybe that happens again. I really don't. Who know. Who knows? Maybe they go off and they just show out in Sun Belt and just shut us all up. And they're like, "Yo, we're gonna beat Georgia, Georgia Southern. We're gonna beat ULL for the first time in like I don't even know how many years. We're gonna beat Arkansas State again on the road." And I mean, that would honestly, if they went three and zero in those three games, I would, oh, I would be very. Uh, I'd be very happy because I would love to see them go to a bowl game. I mean, the program needs to grow, and for that to happen, stepping stone, hello, Texas State, make a bowl game. I will say this, though. As I think there's still potential for them to just not be at this level. I think that I, – I don't know. Obviously, it's going to change in a week or two or three weeks, but I'm not ready to count them out. That's all I'll say, but I think – is that a fair way to answer the, wrap up the show? I usually end it abruptly. I was going to ask you one more thing. Yeah. Um, a big thing that we've been talking about for the past for the whole season is: Do we know this team? Do you think we knew this team after this? After the, or do you have an evaluation of where you think the team is at after this? Or do you think it's still going to? My uh, opinion doesn't matter air? that much, but I, I it's still up. Or in do the you air. think Fran knows? We should. We didn't ask him. I'll ask. I ask him every week. We'll see. I'll ask. Besides the success we'll ask question, him on Tuesday. I'll ask him on Tuesday. Um, I think the big thing is if Houston, if they just fall, just flat, fall flat on their stomachs against Houston, then we'll know about this team really. If they, they don't have to win that game to be positive. Honestly, if they win, obviously, but that's where I want to see. And it's a big week for Texas State football, and we'll just see how everything transpires. <laughs> the classic Keesum question: What do you deem as a success against Houston? Uh. Never again. <laughs> Never again. I think we'll wrap up the show. I don't want to laugh okay, at myself anymore, right? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I had to end it with a joke. <laughs> For Paul Livingood, I'm Kisem uh, Ramirez. Peace out.